everybody. Happy Sunday. A conversation with my dear friend, Elijah Stacy, who's a great American, who has a great charity, Fighting the Disease Duchesne. I think you'll really be inspired by him. He's a great American, a believer, and someone I think that we can all learn from. A great guy. Email us your questions, freedom at charliekirk.com. And if you want to support this program, which is brought to you advertiser-free this weekend, go to charliekirk.com slash support. Elijah Stacy is here. Buckle up, everybody. Here we go. Charlie, what you've done is incredible here. Maybe Charlie Kirk is on the college campus. I want you to know we are lucky to have Charlie Kirk. Charlie Kirk's running the White House, folks. I want to thank Charlie. He's an incredible guy. His spirit, his love of this country. He's done an amazing job building one of the most powerful youth organizations ever created, Turning Point USA. We will not embrace the ideas that have destroyed countries, destroyed lives, and we are going to fight for freedom on campuses across the country. That's why we are here. Hey, everybody. Welcome to this episode of The Charlie Kirk Show with a friend of mine, Elijah Stacy. I met Elijah at Jack Hibbs Church, Calvary Chapel, Chino Hills, and I was so moved by his story and uh, the nonprofit you've started and the group group you're doing. Uh, It's so inspiring. Elijah, thanks for coming out to Phoenix. Uh, Thank you for having me. So introduce yourself. Just tell us kind of what you're working on. You have a great group called Destroy. I always mispronounce it. Duchesne? Uh, Duchesne, Duchesne. Yeah, people say either word, so they're good either way. So uh, tell us about that. Yeah, so um, so I'm Elijah. I'm 19 years old, and I started a nonprofit organization at uh, 15 called Destroy Duchesne, which aims at advancing gene editing and gene therapy technologies into human practice. Um, so that's really the goal, right? We want to complete the cure. Uh, that's the official slogan of Destroy Duchesne. So I spent a lot of my time doing that and, you know, creating awareness and stuff, um, and that's the disease that I have, and my little yeah. brother as well, and my other little brother, Max, who he had the disease as well, but he passed away from it. So um, that's why I spend a lot of my time on, and then, you know, currently I'm also working on other things too, such as uh, my book that's going to be published, um, and then I also run a Bible study in my backyard every wow. Monday. you're a busy guy. So, yeah. So let's talk about the uh, disease. Yes. Um, what is it? It's a peculiar disease, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not, it's rare, but it's still, you know, it's obviously genetic. Yeah. So, uh, Duchenne muscular dystrophy, right? It's a muscle wasting disease and people start to take notice of it when they're about five years old. So they start falling on the floor frequently. They can't keep up with their peers at recess, uh, can't go up the stairs. Um, these are really the common signs. And so that's what, uh, really start to take notice, but then when they're about 11 years old, at least for me, right? Yeah. When I was 11 years old, um, they become completely dependent on a wheelchair, right? So they will have to use a power wheelchair, uh, such as the one that I'm in right now. Uh, and then in their teenage years, they'll start to lose mobility in their arms as well. Um, so, you know, currently I can't lift my arms above my, my chest. I once, you know, threw the football around with my dad, who was a head football coach. Uh, I love playing basketball at recess, right, in my wheelchair, right? Um, but, you know, I've, I've lost that ability. Uh, and then the worst part about the disease is most patients pass away uh, by the time they're 25, right? Because the, the heart and lungs are muscles too. So it's a fatal disease. So very, very serious, um, very terrible disease. Not super well known, but I'm hoping to change yeah. that. Well, and you have a great attitude on life. Mm-hmm. You, you know that, you know, you have this terrible disease, yeah. but you have a great, you know, approach to things and mm-hmm. you want to come up with, you know, a solution and try to tell people about it. So uh-huh. tell us about more about you. So you're, you know, you have this, you have this disease, you have more 
I think, just like spirit and positivity than most people I meet because everyone's <laughs> always complaining all the time. Yeah. Um, and so just tell us like, what, what gives you the conviction to fight? What matters to you? Yeah. Uh, that, see, a lot of people ask me this question. I never know how to answer because there's so many things that I, I care about and so many reasons why I think I am the way I am. But a lot of people with this disease, um, what I find, because I, I run a podcast where I interview them, what I find is that they all have a similar attitude, right? And I just think that there's no benefit to being negative, right? It doesn't do you any good. Yeah. Or being positive helps you overcome the, the hardships of life. So being negative, you know, it still doesn't change the fact that you're in a wheelchair, that you can't use your arms or that you have this terrible disease. So it's better just to be positive and it helps you kind of adapt and, and just keep things going, right? Um, but I think, you know, really what am I passionate about? I, I, w- I would say this, right, is... I would say that my life cause, I would sum it up as this, which is uh, to minimize human suffering and advance human prosperity so that humanity can have a better quality of life. Yes. So any types of human suffering that I can minimize, um, that's what I'm all about. And so curing my disease or helping people with you know, anxiety, depression, or whatever type of challenge they may face in their life, that's what I, that's what I want to do. So it, there are advancements being made with this yes. research. Can you mm-hmm. talk about that with, yeah. this, with this disease? Yeah, so I think it's really fascinating stuff. Um, and these are really the two things that we focus on as an organization, which is gene editing and gene therapy. Um, so gene editing, I'm talking about things such as, such as CRISPR, right? Uh-huh. Um, and in short, basically what this allows us to do is to edit uh, your DNA, right? So if there's an error there, which is what you know, genetic diseases are uh, for the most part, um, they can go in and then, you know, cut that error out and then replace it with the correct DNA, the correct instructions, right? The correct blueprints. Yes. Um, and so that's really, really promising. And there's a lot uh, being done there. And uh, Destroy to Shane actually just helped uh, advance some science there. We made a contribution there. Um, and then there's also gene therapy, which instead of editing the, the blueprint, right, the spelling error, you can just insert the gene itself. And that gives the, the blueprint there. The, the best way I can explain this is... Um, if you have a book and you have a, a page and there's a spelling error on the page, um, it's not going to make sense. But instead of correcting the error on that page, that would be gene editing. You could just insert a whole other page, the same page, but this one doesn't have that error in it. So you can read it correctly. Yes. Right? Uh, the, the problem with both of these is we need vectors, right? A delivery, delivery vehicle to deliver this genetic information. And that's, that's really the challenge. And that's really what um, I'm focused on is advancing the vectors to... So you mean vectors by how to actually get the... Into, into the human body, yeah. Got it. Right. And that, that science is moving very quickly. Very quickly, yeah. It's, it's all very new stuff, but it's, it's happening really, really quickly. And, you know, there's a lot of money being poured into it. And, um, you know, I think that nonprofits playing a role in it. You know, it's, it's really cool, not just for people with the shin, but all these genetic diseases. And so, yeah. so I'm really excited about that. So is it a recessive gene? Is that right? Uh, yes, yes. And so your siblings have it, your brothers. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, my older brother, he's a paramedic. Um, he's in the Army Reserves. Um, completely fine, right? Doesn't have it. Doesn't have it. But I have wow. it. My little brother Max uh, had it uh, when he was here. And then my little brother Kai, he also has it as well. And so, yeah, it's, it's, it's X-linked. The mother carries it, and then she passes it down. Um, and, and that's what has it. Or that's so, how it happens. So since you've been... Uh, 11. Have mm-hmm. you seen advancements as far as how treatment and awareness around it? You know, that's interesting. So when I was 11, right, um, for the longest time, I really didn't want anything to do with this disease or organizations. I kind of just like, you know, I'm not defined by this disease. I don't want to put my identity in that. You know, I'm just, yeah. 
I love sports. I love following my dad on the football field, stuff like that. So I really didn't pay too much attention. Um, and my parents, um, I wouldn't say that they paid a great deal of attention either. They're more just like, hey, let's make the best out of life. But since I was 15 and started Destroy to Shin, oh, definitely. Like, the, you just see it every year. There's something new. So new advancements and new breakthroughs. Mm-hmm. So you and I were talking off camera about this, and your faith is very important yes, to you. Yes, yes. And a growing movement on uh, a certain kind of, let's just say, I don't want to overly politicize this, but on the left is trying to say that if there is a genetic malfunction found in, mm-hmm. um, let's say, a preborn child, mm-hmm. that you should have the right to abort that child. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is what is your stance on that? Uh, absolutely not. That's uh, there's no moral justification, no grounds to to do that. I, you know, I think it's really wrong, and and really. Um, not so much that I think you're underestimating what someone with a genetic disease can really do, right? I mean, I think that because I have the suffering that I've gone through, um, I'm still able to have a really good life, but I'm able to use that suffering to help other people with their suffering. Perhaps it's not, you know, not being able to walk or not being able to use your arms, but it's able to relate to them and and help them overcome their challenges of life. Like, yeah. I understand adversity because I live it every single day. You know, so I, I don't think that, um, yeah, I think that's incredibly wrong. And, and, and there's other problems that I have with that as well, philosophically. But, sure. Yeah. yeah. And you can go into that if you want. Well, I, I just think that, you know, as you said, the, the left and, and really, really anyone, um, pro abortion people, just yeah. anyone for that matter. If you make a moral claim, right, I'm, I'm fascinated with, uh, the moral argument, uh, for God's existence. And really, if you think about morality, it's like, well, how do you justify it? Right. Um, if you say that this thing is right or wrong and you think it's true for everyone, objectively true, why is it objectively true? Or you'd have to ground it into something that, that is higher than us, right? And um, that has been done by you know God's existence. People normally try to ground it there. If you take a naturalist view, I, I don't believe that you can do it, right? Yeah. You, you won't. It'll just be a subjective moral claim. I, I agree with you. And so uh, the, the, just so that we're specific, yeah. Uh, there is a growing movement of people that believe that if they find any form of genetic defect, that should be reason for immediate abortion. Um, basically, implying that your life is just like an is just like a a burden. A burden. Yeah. Can you help unpack that? Like, do you do you feel like your life has been like? Can you talk as someone who would have otherwise been like eliminated? Yeah, uh, <laughs> I think that. Um well, like, I, like, as you said earlier, and, and I, you know, my faith is really important. I think that every single person has moral worth, right? Every, every life has value. And so I think that no matter your circumstances, or, you know, regardless if you believe in God or not, no matter your circumstances, I think that there's a lot that you can do to, to help the world um, in a positive way. And you're not a burden necessarily because you may have this disease or you may need special help in certain ways because you're still able to provide things in, in other ways. And so no, no one's, no one's a, um, a burden or they shouldn't be eliminated because they have a genetic yeah. disease. Right. And that's, a, that's a, it's a growing claim on, on the left there. So talk about your faith. Um, you know, there's, there's a lot of people that are saying that, you know, God isn't real or it doesn't matter. Yeah. It's obviously a central point part in your life. Mm-hmm. I never want to hear anyone complain about their life anymore. Um, because, <laughs> You know, when I meet people like you, it's, you know, there's, there's a different set of cards. You didn't ask for this, right? You no. didn't like, 
and choose it. You didn't make a bad choice that all of a sudden you got this, right? This is the ultimate, you know, God had a different plan for you. Can you talk about how you're able to dig, not dig, you don't even dig deep, but just like maximize every single day and, and, and what that looks like for you? Um, what do you what do you mean by that? Like maximize every day in terms of like, well, like for faith or just it's like just both? Just what like, what does it mean to live a full life for you? You know, and yeah, just a lot of there's a lot of pessimism and a lot of negativity mm-hmm. out there right now. Yeah, I, I think <clears throat> that you know living a, a full life. Um, really, I think you know, like, as you said, starting with faith, it starts with God, right, and everything kind of trickles down there. So if I'm doing things that glorify Him and that that lives in moral excellence, right. Um, I, I think that, that that's really important. Like, you know, in a hierarchy of values, I think that you can place, you know, materialism and like these superficial things. But I think that the most important thing that we should prioritize is our character. And so if I'm doing things every single day that are good character, um, then I, I consider that a day well spent, right? Because that's living in accordance to, to God's laws. And, um, and the, and the other thing too about character is that it's good under all circumstances, right? Like if you're healthy, you need, you know, good character is going to allow you to do good stuff with your health. Um, if you're not healthy, good character is going to allow you to endure the pain and suffering that you have because you have poor health, right? So character is good under all circumstances. Um, so I think that's a super important thing. And then I also think too that uh, one more thing on the character point is that when you do face the suffering, it allows you to exercise your character and to improve it, to strengthen it. So I, I think that, you know, if you want to say mac- maximize each day, I would say that it's working on your character, right? That's a good day at, you know, at a minimum, right? So uh, you went to, did you go to public high school? Were you homeschooled? Or? Uh, I went to public high school, yeah. So um, did it bother you when people were complaining about, you know, how awful their life was? And, or just, you know, what? Yeah. Do, I mean, I, I mean, if I'm being really honest, I think that some people, yeah, they complain about things that are just like they're not real problems to be quite yeah. frank. But I think that you know, a, a lot of times when people had problems, I would try to help them and hey, sure. let's let's fix it. I, the one thing I do not like yeah. is when people talk about problems but they do not want to fix them. Yeah, that drives me nuts. I, I want to yeah. solve the problem, right? Like my disease, have disease, okay. Well, I'm going to try and complete the cure for it now, right? Yeah. Like let's not just complain about it. Let's let's do something about sure. it. So. That's kind of my view on on when I heard other people in high school or just in general today complain about their problems. You know. So uh, tell us more about your faith. Tell us, you know, um, does, you know, tell us about your your journey and your walk. Have you ever had you know doubts and struggles? And you you go to Jack Kibbs Church, right? Yeah. Who's the man? So tell us about. Yeah. That. So when I was eleven years old, I mean, I was always raised Christian, but when I was eleven years old, I definitely um, started going, okay, well, why is God real? Why is this stuff true? And uh, really started to, to think about it. Um, so I really got into apologetics and, and studying people like Dr. William Lane Craig or Lee Strobel or um, these, these brilliant um, people who have given rational and, and evidential yeah. uh, arguments for, for God's existence. And so that has really helped me. And I, I really still love that today. I really love philosophy and just studying that. Um, and so I did have my doubts, but now I'm, that has really strengthened my faith. And I mm-hmm. think that when you have those questions, it's not that you're questioning God, but it's you're trying to better understand Him. And so when you have a problem and you don't understand something, you're, you're trying to, to fix that, uh, that question. That just lets you understand God better and get closer to Him. And so I would say that, uh, yes, I have had doubts, and, and that's how I got stronger. And Jack Hibbs, you know, um, he definitely has a lot of people that come speak there at his church that are 
uh, into defending the faith and, and arguing for it and everything like that. Yeah. And so what has really helped strengthen your faith more than anything else? Hmm. I mean, to, to be honest, I really think that apologetics is definitely um, mm-hmm. just the way that I work, right? I like to have a rational reason for, for believing in God. But I, w- I would say that um, in terms of like believing in God, but in terms of like growing my relationship, you know, praying, fellowship, and reading the Bible, it's just there's nothing like those three. Um, you have to have all three. And that really helps me grow, especially especially fellowship, because you see other people going through different walks in their life and mm-hmm. it you know, they got your back, I got their back, and it just, you grow together. Yeah. So uh, you are moving ahead with your nonprofit, Destroy Duchesne. Mm-hmm. Tell us about how people can get behind it and support it, and just tell us more about that. Yeah, so, um, you know, people can follow it on social media, uh, you know, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all that, LinkedIn. Um, and then they can also just check out the, the website, you know, www.destroyduchesne.org. And uh, just check it out. And, you know, if they would like to donate, that would be great, too. Um, and, yeah, that's how they can get behind it. Awesome. So what else are you working on or what else is on your mind that you wanted to explore or, you know, make, make our audience aware about? Uh, I'm currently about to publish a book, which... Tell I us about it. What's the book about? When I was... Yeah, so I wrote it when I was, like... I started at 16, finished it when I was 17. I'm finally getting it published now. Um, but the book is basically a memoir of my life. And so I tell a story of each part of my life, real a significant part. And at the end of each chapter, there's a, a life lesson that I learned, right? So some of those is self-image, you know, how you view yourself. Some of it is, mm-hmm. is um, worrying about what you can and can't control, uh, the dichotomy of control, uh, you know, adapting, you know, like if you have this challenge in your life, you're just going to have to adapt to it, right? So there's all these different lessons and stuff like that in the book. And, um, and it's just really about all the adversity and overcoming suffering and and uh, really, I think the title explains it best. It's called a, a small if. And so th- the story behind that is, is when I was 16, my back muscles were getting so weak and I was getting scoliosis in my back. And so my doctor wanted to, um, he started really pushing for me to have spine surgery where they would insert a metal rod in your back mm-hmm. to strain out your spine, right? I really didn't want that. You know, I don't think anyone does. And so I was really trying to push back and me and him went back and forth in the doctor's office, and he was saying that, you know, as a doctor, I can't give you any false hope. I really got to start to push. I said, okay, well, let's just say if I were able to strain yeah. on my back, could I avoid having the surgery? Because I don't, I don't want to have the surgery. You know, my mom's crying. My dad's all sad. You know, I'm sitting there. And he said, you know, once again, as a doctor, I, I can't give you false hope. But because I know you, I will give you a small if, you know, if you were able to do it. So for the next four months, I, you know, went to physical therapy, uh, lost some weight, you know, was eating healthy, um, totally zoned in on making this happen and then four months later it happened wow right? and you avoided surgery yeah wow. and so that was like you know i don't want to say it's an impossibility but it was like whoa like you're not supposed to do that the doctor you know he even said that i've never seen anybody do that like i don't i don't think i don't think you can do it but like go go ahead and try but like wow that's not supposed to happen so you know that's really what the book's about it's like if you have a possibility to do something um you put everything behind it you, you can make it happen even if it's a small if right yeah that's uh, it's such a good lesson. So, the, when is the book coming out? Uh, the, the official date, I'm not totally sure. Yeah, I know it's like after March, so sometime around then. What are some of the other lessons in there? Um, well, I mean, the first one is about like doing things that are seemed uh, impossible. The second one is uh, it's called staying ambitious, right? The lessons about staying ambitious, which um, I believe that really the lesson here is that if you're 
not chasing after anything in life, right? You're not going after anything. You don't have any goals. Then you're really just existing, right? It's when you're ambitious, when you're really in that constant state of, of staying ambitious, that's when you really come to life and that you, you develop the, the passion and energy and everything that you need, right? That's when I, for, for me at least, that's when I find myself to be uh, the most energized. Yeah. Um, and yeah, there's just, uh, you know, third lesson is self-sacrifice. You know, there's all kinds of uh, lessons that I learned and they come from different parts, you know, like self-sacrifice comes from my brother Max, you know, constantly going to the hospital with him. He's mm-hmm. a whole other story. There's two chapters on him. He's, uh, he's a whole lesson himself, but um, yeah, I learned a lot through my, my young 19 years. So Wow. So last, last couple questions. What's your favorite Bible verse? Favorite Bible verse. Wow. Uh, that's a hard one. Hmm. I think it would probably be, uh, I believe it's it's either 1st or 2nd, it's 1st uh, or 2nd Corinthians 10.5, which basically says that, uh, I'll paraphrase, but it basically says that, like, uh, we tear down any argument or pretension that mm-hmm. sets itself against the knowledge of God, right? So Paul was writing there, he was basically talking about how they're just going around and, and making every thought obedient to, uh, to Christ. Mm-hmm. And so I really like that as someone that, likes to debate about the existence of God and, and give good reasons for um, becoming a Christian. Yeah, that's well said. So, well, I'm inspired by you, Elijah, and the work you're doing. So it's destroyduchesne.com? Mm-hmm. Uh, dot org. Dot org. How do you spell Duchesne? Yes. Uh, so it's D-U-C-H-E-N-N-E. Awesome. And I have my wristband in the other room. And you give me a nice sweatshirt. Yes. And I'll be at Jack Kibbs Church next yes. week. Yes. And I'll see you there. Awesome. And you're doing great work, man. I want to be supportive of what you're doing and how you're doing it. And Thank you. So I have a feeling you're going to make a huge breakthrough on this. Thank you. Uh, very soon. So God bless you, man. I appreciate it. Thank you. You bet. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. Email us your questions, freedom at charliekirk.com. If you want to support us, go to charliekirk.com slash support. Thank you guys for listening, and I encourage you to get involved with Turning Point USA. Go to tpusa.com. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. God bless.